Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there to 1 Peter chapter 1 this morning. If you are a guest this morning, let me just follow up with what Logan said. If you did not receive a guest information card, please, before you leave today, make sure you grab one of those and you can leave it in your seat because we just want to send you a small gift just to simply say thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Can we welcome all of our guests this morning? Tell them how much we appreciate them being here. This morning, I'm continuing the uh, series, uh, sermon series called Different. Uh, last week, we landed in 1 Peter, and we looked at how Peter was writing this book to a group of persecuted Christians. And what was, what's cool about this book is that he kept reminding them one simple thing, and is this, is that this place is not your home. If you're a Christian this morning, if, you, if you've prayed the sinner's prayer and you are living a life that God has called you to live, understand this, this is not your home. This is just a permanent residence that God has you living at right now. Amen. It's not your permanent home. But heaven is your permanent home. And that one day we will have the opportunity to be able to, to go see what God has decorated for you and I. It's going to be a place that you've never seen before, that I've never seen before things that are just going to blow our mind. Uh, it's just going to be incredible. But what he's doing, he's, he's talking to a group of persecuted Christians, and he keeps reminding them that they, to, to have hope. That you're just passing through, that he, just, he keeps challenging them, guys. Just keep having hope. Don't throw the towel in. God's calling you to be different. He's calling them to, to remain joyful. He's calling them to, to worship God in the middle of their trials. He's, he's encouraging them to remain faithful. And I want to encourage you today to this, is remain faithful to God no matter where you are at in your life right now. Because if you and I will remain faithful to, to what God has called us to do, man, we will see incredible things happen, not only in us, but we will see it in our church, and we will also see it in our community. You see, it starts with you and I. It starts at home. It starts right here in our own life, making sure that this is right, that this is where it needs to be. This heart is living for God. And then it goes beyond us to, to our family and then to the church. And when, when, the church is where, is, when the church is being the church, then the community will see the hand of God. And they will understand that there's hope. That even though that you look at this world and you, and you just see all the, the crazy things that's going on, that we still have hope. That we still have a future. Why? Because it's found in a man named Jesus Christ. That he came to give you a hope. He came to give you a future. He didn't come just so that you can come to church. He came so that you can live a life that he has destined you to live. And so what Peter's trying to get them to understand is this. This is the early church that, guys, you're being persecuted. You are going through difficult times. You have trials in your life. You have sickness in your life. There's family members that are being attacked in your life. But understand this. No matter what is happening, you have hope. That you're, that you're going to get through this if you and I will remain joyful and faithful and follow Jesus. Jesus has called us to be different. He's called you to have different values. He's called you to use your time different. He's called you to be a different parent. He's called you to be a different spouse. He's called you to, to, to be different where you work. God's calling you and I to be different. 
First Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 17 says this. It says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. How many guys need a little exercise this morning? And I'm talking about physical exercise. I'm talking about self-control exercise. It says, put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Do not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the Scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of Him during this time here as temporary residents. Temporary residents. You're just here temporarily. You're just here living the life that God has called you to live here on this earth. But understand, He's calling you to live. How many of you guys want your children to be obedient to you? Three people. Man, that's wonderful. How many of you guys want your children to be obedient to you? Raise your hand. Absolutely. You want your children to do what you tell them to do, right? You want your children to, to, to live a life of, of, of great expectancy. You want them to do and be and live a life of obedience. Well, guess what God wants you to do? Live a life of obedience. He wants you, parents, to live a life of obedience. He wants me, pastor, to live a life of obedience. He doesn't want me to just live a life, but He wants me to be like my children who are the most obedient things in the world. He wants me to live a life of obedience. In other words, God, whatever it is that you want from me, that's what I will do. God, if you want me to go across the street and talk to my neighbor, that's what I will do. God, if you want me to witness to this person at work, God, that's what I will do. God, if you want me to do this, if you want me to do that, God, that's what I'm willing to do. Why? Because I want to live a life of obedience. Because I understand that when I'm obedient, that God will do things in my life that I have never seen before. Amen? I want to live a life. I want to see things that I've never seen before. I want to see people healed. I want to see people delivered from drugs. I want to see people delivered from, from uh, alcohol and pornography. I want to see all of those things. Why? Because those things are, are, are controlling their life. And God says, listen, man, if you would just invite me in, I'll set you free. I'll take all of those things out of your life. And so us as the church, that's what we should want, is to see the community set free and saved by the mighty name of Jesus. If that's not what you want, something's wrong this morning. Something's wrong with us if we don't want people to get saved, if we're not looking for the opportunity to witness to people and to be the person that God's called us to be. He says, guys, listen, this is just a temporary place. You're not living here forever. God's called you to be different. You see, one of the hardest things that you and I have to do in our culture today, one of the biggest obstacles that we face is the desire to fit in. We want to fit in. Why? Because we don't want to look different. We don't want to be different. We want to look like everybody else does. Right? That was one of the obstacles that I have for my life is, is that God hasn't called me to fit in. He's called me to stand out. 
But too many times what happens, our churches today are blending in with the community. They're blending in with, with culture, and there's no difference in the two. God says, listen, I've called you to be different. I've called you to stand out. I've called you to do things that, 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 G, that I myself have done. He says, stand out. Be different. It's okay to be different. People already think you're weird anyway. Just go the extra mile with them and be weird. But God says, stand out. Don't fit in, but to stand out. But what we want to do is we want to fit in. Why? Because we don't want to be seen. We just want to go to church and, and do this and give, and that's all we want. But life is more than that. Life is more than just coming to church and sitting in a seat. But it's about being obedient and following the things that God has called us to be and to do. God didn't call you to fit in. He called you to stand out. He never said that we're to blend into the things of this world. Romans chapter 12 verses 2 says this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve uh, what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. Do you understand what the pattern of this world is? God says, don't be like that. Be, your set, be set apart. Don't conform your life to what everybody else is doing. Don't conform your life to how the world lives. Don't be that person over there. Be you. Be different. Stand out by the renewing of your mind. In other words, God wants to change everything about you. He wants to change how you think. He wants to change how you act. He wants, you, he wants to change how you treat people. He wants to change everything about you. But the problem is we will only allow him to change what we want him to change. And God says, you, got, you, got, you need everything changed. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be different. Stand out. That's what God's calling each and every one of us to do as Christians. You see, Jesus said, I, came, I come to this earth to serve people, not to be served. You see, when Jesus came to this earth, there was a pattern of things, how things were done. The religious people had set up these, these things and how the, these, uh, these idols and these things and how they lived their life. And when Jesus showed up on the scene, he changed everything and, every, and, and people didn't like what he was doing. But he says, I didn't come to this earth to fit in. I didn't come to this earth to be religious. I didn't come to this earth to be like everybody else. I came to be different. I came to stand out, and Jesus stood out everywhere he went. He stood out everywhere he went, and that's what he's calling you and I to do, is to serve people, not to be served, but to learn to serve. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to serve people. He came, and he stood out. He changed the culture. Now, everybody didn't, go on, everybody didn't come on board. I understand that. Listen, Jesus was the greatest preacher of all time. And if Jesus can't change people, do you think I can? But there were people that walked away from him. There were people that didn't want to conform to what he was talking about. But there were some people who did. Why? Because he came to save everybody, but only a few were willing to come on board. We're not going to be able to save everybody, and that's sad. But we can save one. We can save somebody. We can make a difference in somebody's life. But God says, listen, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but to be different. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it says this. It says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. 
and many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few will find it. So my question to you and I is this, which road are we on? Are we on that broad and narrow road that is just covered with people? Or are we on this little bitty, this little bitty narrow road over here that only a few people are walking? What road are we on? Because God says, I set you free. I came to this earth so that you will be on the narrow road, not on the road that leads to destruction. God don't want you to live a life of destruction. He doesn't want you to go down that road. He doesn't want you to go to hell. But you know what? You and I have a choice. We make a choice whether or not we're going to serve Him or whether or not we're going to live for Him. God gives us that choice to do that. And so God says, listen, which road are you on? Which road are you traveling this morning? God is, God is looking for those ones who will act more and more like Him and less and less like the world. God is calling us to be different. He's calling us to be set apart. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 5, it says this. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Think about that for a moment, this moment. Before you were formed, God knew everything about you. Before you, were, you came together in your mother's womb, God knew everything about you. He knew how you were going to look. He knew, how, what, he knew what your name was going to be. He knew everything about you. And then it says that I set you apart. Before you were formed, I knew you. And then I set you apart. So God says, you're, set, you're supposed to be set apart. You're supposed to be different. You're not supposed to fit into the patterns of this world. But you're supposed to be different. How many of you guys want to be different this morning? Pray with me. Father, we love you. God, we thank you that we have the opportunity to be different. God, we thank you for the opportunity, God, that you chose us. God, in the midst of our sin, in the midst of all the things that was going on in our life, God, you chose us. You died on the cross so that we could be set free from whatever it is that we are dealing with here today. So God, I pray that in the next few moments, God, that that would happen. God, if there's somebody here that is in bondage to something this morning, God, I pray that you would set them free. God, I pray that you would deliver them this morning from whatever it is that they're dealing with. God, if they're just so concerned about fitting in or, or being like everybody else, God, that we would begin to change our minds. God, that you have not called us to fit in, but you've called each and every one of us to stand out, to be different. And God, sometimes that's hard to do, but it can be done. So I pray today, God, that you would challenge us over these next few moments to live a life of being different and not to fit in. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If anyone understood grace, Peter understood grace. I think about when Peter was standing on the shore that day face to face with Jesus for the first time after he denied him. Peter understood what grace was all about. Can you imagine with me this morning that scene as Jesus is standing in front of Peter, and Peter's looking at the man who he just denied, and Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds, yes, Jesus, you know I love you. Then he says what? Feed my sheep. Then he says it again. Peter, do you love me? Yes, God, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Then he says it a third time, Peter, do you love me? And I'm sure by this time, Peter's like, God, would you stop asking me that? You know my response. My response is, yes, I love you. Then he says, go feed my sheep. In other words, Peter, I need you to be obedient. I need you to go build my church. I need you to go and be the person that I saw you to be before you were ever formed. 
the person that I know that you are, I need you to go be that person. Now, I know, Peter, that along this journey, you're going to have difficulties and you're going to have problems. You're going to have moments where you don't want to be that person. But, Peter, if you will just trust me and be that person, then, Peter, you're going to see things happen that you've never seen before. The Bible says that, 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 we will, that we will do greater things than Jesus himself did. Think about that for a moment. Think about the things that Jesus did, that we'll get to do greater things than he did if we will just be obedient. God is calling us to, to live a life of obedience. He's calling us to live a life of being different. So the first thing I want to share with you this morning is this. Everybody in this room can understand what this is, is God's grace. God's grace. Verses 13, it says, Therefore... With minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. Grace. You know the reason why I'm standing here today? Is grace. It has nothing to do with me being perfect. It has nothing to do with me having it all together. It has everything to do with God's grace. That's why I'm standing here today. Because of God's grace, because of God's unmerited favor in His love to offer it to me when I was a sinner. Grace. That grace that, that surpasses all understanding. That grace that, that only God can give you and I. If we will choose to live different, if we will choose not to fit in, if we will choose to stand out, that when Jesus returns, we will truly understand what that grace is all about. I mean, I understand it now, don't get me wrong. But when Jesus comes back, and we're all standing together right there with Him, we will understand what grace is all about. We will understand why I went through the trials. We will know why I did all these things. We will understand, man, I did it, and look what I'm getting to receive from it. And God's grace, this place that God has designed for you and I, is, is that God's grace, everything that God has promised us, we will get to see it in that moment. See, Peter has told us about God's grace. He's greeted others with grace. He's told us of God's grace or of Jesus' grace when He came to this earth. But what he's talking about now, he's talking about this grace that will be brought to us when Jesus is revealed to everybody. In that moment where everybody will see Him for the very first time. Think about that. Everybody on earth that has ever been born will see Him for the very first time. And those of us who have, who have set our minds upon Him, who have lived a life according to what God has called us to live, we will understand what grace is that, mo that moment. Because it will be revealed to us in that moment. You see, grace is not just for the past when you first give your lives to Jesus. It isn't just for the present when we live every single day for Him, but it's also for the future. To understand that no matter how bad it gets right now, guys, there's a future. No matter how bad it gets, there's a hope. And that if we will just put our minds upon the hope and the grace and the presence of God, that we will be able to make it to the very end. We will be able to see it when we stand with Him face to face. Romans chapter 5, verses 2 says this, Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We boast in the hope and the glory of God. It was, it's, it's like God is saving the best for last. He's like, I thought about it this morning as I was reading over the, my sermon. I thought about it. Anybody ever seen the Christmas story? Right? Just by the way, just want to remind you that Christmas is coming pretty soon. Anyway. 
the Christmas story when Ralphie is ripping through all the presents, right? He's going through all of these things, and then he gets to the pink bunny costume that he just hates. And then he gets, he's just kind of sitting there, and he's like, oh, man, is, that's all. And then his dad goes, hey, what's, what's right around the corner there, Ralphie? What's, what's, on the very, what's, the ba- what's on the back of the tree? So Ralphie looks, and he reaches back there and grabs, and it's the Red Rider BB gun. The best was saved to the last. Think about that. When Jesus comes back, Jesus is saving the best for the last. We, we've, we've been able to experience him now. But think about it when you're standing in front of him. Think about everything that you've been thinking about, everything that you've been praying about, everything that you've ever gone through in that moment, man, is just wiped away. Why? Because you're standing in the presence of God. The best is saved to the last. God's grace is unmerited love stooping down to not just to save you, but to bless you and offer you hope. That's what Peter was trying to get these Christians to understand is that all these times that you're going through that are tough now, that you don't understand it. Understand that there's grace that God's given to you and that you have hope. Look what you used to be, that you're not that person anymore. Keep going and keep moving on to see what God has for you next because He's saving the best for last. God's grace. Number two is this. We know better. Have you ever done anything and your mom and dad look at you and go, son or daughter, you know better than that, right? You ever had that happen before? I have many times in my life. I can't tell you the numerous times that I've heard that, son, you know better. I know that, but I just had a dumb moment for a second. We know better. Look at verse 14. It says this, so you must live as God's obedient children. And then he says this, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say that you must be holy because I am holy. In other words, there was a time, listen to me, there was a time where we didn't know any better. When we were sinners, we didn't know any better. We didn't know how to live. We didn't know how to act. We just, we just lived like sinners lived, right? But now that we know better, God says, then you live it. You know better. Don't do that. Don't live that way. Don't be that way. Don't, don't become that person that you just left, that you just asked me to deliver from. Don't live that way. Don't be ignorant. That's what he says. Don't live in ignorance because we know better, but we still choose to do the things that we shouldn't be doing. We know better, but yet why do we do it? Because we have our own desires. We live, we live in a, a fallen world. We have this fleshly issue that we are dealing with all the time. And God says, listen, you know better. I know better. I know there's things on TV that I shouldn't be watching. I know that there's things that I should not be partaking in. Because if I do, I'm gonna, something's going to happen in my own life. So I need to stop and go, you know what? I don't need to show my ignorance here because I know better. I need to live this way. God saved me from being a sinner. He saved me from those things. Why do I want to go back and be that person? Don't live in your own desires. Don't live in your own selfish, fleshly desires. But live the person that God's called you to be because you know better. Look at your neighbor and say, you know better. You know better. Why? Don't, don't do it because you know better. What Peter was trying to get them to understand is don't live in ignorance. Romans chapter 6, verses 22. But now they have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. 
The benefit, of, uh, the benefit that you get to reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. So what God is saving me from, I, I'm going to be able to benefit from the things that how I live called eternal life. Therefore, there may be somebody here today that you're making not wise decisions for your life. Let me just stop there for a moment. You may be here today and you know better, but you keep making those silly decisions. Or as the Bible says, ignorant decisions. We know better. We know how to live. We know what we're supposed to do. And God says, are you choosing to live that way? Are you choosing to live a holy life? Because that's what the Bible says. Be holy because what? Because I am holy. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. I get to live a holy life because of Jesus, not because of me. But I get to live a holy life because that's what he's called me to live. And I'm not going to choose to live in what I've just asked Jesus to deliver me from. That's ignorance. When you know better and you still do it, that's ignorance. Can I just, I don't know how else to say it. But that's ignorance. Live a life to how God's called you to live. And I want to tell you this morning and understand this. God never called you to be happy. Just stay with me, okay? He never called you to be happy. But what he did call you to do is to be holy. He never called you to be happy. But he called you to be holy. Look at, look at verse 15 and 16. But now you must be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. You see, there are some Christians who actually believe that the greatest calling in their life is for them to be happy. That's what some Christians actually believe, that the greatest calling that God has for their life is to be happy. That's not the greatest calling for your life. The greatest calling that God has for you is to be holy, not happy. Why? Because happiness is based on your happenings, and when your happenings are not doing what you think they should be, then you're not happy. You see, we live our life, whether or not, whatever moment we're in, whether we, you know, whether it's good or bad, our happiness is sometimes dictated by our happenings. God has called me to be holy. He's never called me to be happy. But you know what I've learned in through my holiness? That I get to be happy. You see, if you're searching for happiness this morning, you're searching for the wrong thing. God's never called you to be happy, but He will give you happiness when you serve Him. It's the greatest calling that Jesus for Jesus' followers. He didn't call the disciples, hey, He didn't look at them and say, hey guys, come, come with me and, and, and let's be happy together. He never said that. He said, hey, come follow me and I will make you into this person and we'll go change the world. You don't change the world by being happy. You change the world by being holy. And that's what God has called each and every one of us to do, is to be holy, not focus on happiness. He's called us to be set us apart. You see, happiness empowers us to live a life however we want to, just so that we will be happy. Let me give you an illustration. If I'm not happy in my marriage, and if I think that God's called me just to be happy, and if I'm not happy in my marriage, then I can look at my spouse and say, I don't love you anymore, and I'm, we're going to get a divorce. Why? Because I'm not happy. That's not how it works, but that's how people live. 
you don't make me happy. So if you're not going to make me happy, God's called me to, to live a life of happiness. So since you don't make me happy, I'm going to go somewhere else and find somebody that will make me happy. God's never called you to be happy. He's called you to live a life of holiness. Stop trying to focus on happiness and start focusing on holiness. Because when you focus on holiness, then you will be happy. Because what happens when I live my life to how God wants me to live, what happens is I'm pleasing Him, which makes me happy. Which in return makes me happy because I'm pleasing Him. But we're, so, we're, we're a society that we want to be happy. I'm just going to do this because it makes me happy. Because God wants me to be happy, right? No, He wants you to be holy. And that's where, every, that's where we get things mixed up. If I can just be happy then everything will be okay. No, it's not. Holiness is where we need to sit at. That's what we need to shoot for in our life is holiness. Unhealthy relationships. Well, if I can just be happy, that's all that really matters. God's called us to live a holy life in, in, in front of our family, in front of our friends, and co in front of our coworkers. Not a happy life, but a holy life. God is calling us to be different. He's not calling you to conform, to confirm or to conform to the patterns of this world. He's calling each and every one of us to be set apart. He's calling you to be different. You see, my job as a parent was to teach my children that it's okay to be different. That it's okay to be a Christian. It's okay to live for Jesus. It's okay to remain a virgin until you get married. It's okay to be that way. You see, society will tell them that it's not okay. But my job as the parent is to instill in their life, it's okay to live for Jesus. It's okay to be different. It's, it, don't conform to what everybody else is doing, but live a different life because that's what God's called you to live. And you know what, parents? If you want your children to be different, then you need to be different too. You can't blame it all on your kids because they're learning it from somewhere. Well, my kids are just heathens. Well... I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Live a life of holiness, not happiness. Because that's what God says. You are to be holy because I am holy. And when we're holy, we're happy. So the last thing is this, Miss Karen, if you would, come on up this morning. If we know better. And the last thing is this. Don't slip backwards. Verse 14, it says, Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Don't fall into to that trap that the enemy has for you. Don't slip back into that, into that old lifestyle that, you, that, you, you know, that God delivers you from. And what I've learned from my own life is this. Over the last several years that I've served God, I've learned that it's easier for me to slip backwards than it is sometimes to move forward. I've learned that it's a lot easier for me to slip backwards than sometimes it is to move forward. Because when you move forward, you actually have to do something. To slip back, you don't have to do anything. You just have to stop what you're doing. But if you want to move forward, if you want to live a holy life, you've got to actually pursue God. Not, you don't pursue the pastor. You don't pursue the church. You pursue God. In your own relationship with Him, you find holiness when you pursue your relationship with God Almighty. Not to what the pastor says, or not to what Steve Ovey says, or not even to what Teresa says. What is God calling you to be? He's calling you to be holy. He's calling you to live a life that is different than everybody else. 
You see, we have an enemy that's constantly trying to get you to slip up. He's trying to trip you up. He's trying to get you to fall all the time. And you have to understand that the enemy is very subtle in how he does things. He's very sneaky. Jesus had a mission to come to this earth to set people free. Guess what? Satan has a mission as well. To pull people back into their old selfish lifestyles. And and I see it all the time. I just saw it this week. We're, we're great men of influence in the church have came out and said, I don't believe in God anymore. I denounce my faith. I don't even believe in God anymore. So all these years that you've been preaching all of this stuff, you just somehow don't believe it anymore? That's called the enemy. They're slipping back. They're not moving forward. They're just keep slipping back and slipping back. And, and what God's trying to get you to understand is this. Get away from that lifestyle. Don't live that way. Don't slip back into the person that you used to be. But keep moving forward in Him so that God will make you holy. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. And some of us are allowing Him that, to happen that in our life all the time. And what I've learned is this. We don't just slip into holiness. Can I tell you that? We don't, you just don't become holy. You don't slip into it. Oh, I'm just going to be holy. It's a process. Every single day it's a process. You know what? Today, Monday morning, God, I've got to go to work with coworkers that I don't like, but you know what? I'm going to be the best example of who you are in front of them because you've called me to be holy. God, tomorrow morning, I'm sick. I don't want to go to work. I, you know what? God, I'm going anyway because I want to be an example in front of my children, and in front of my family, in front of my coworkers. Oh, oh my goodness, today's Sunday, God. And I'm really, really tired. I don't want to go to church today. But you know what, God? It really doesn't matter what I want. It's what I do. It's what I do. I'm tired, God. I don't want to go today. I just want to sleep. Come and, let, and rest in His presence. Don't stay at home. Come, home, come and get in God's presence and see what God can do in your life. God understands that you're tired. Please understand, God, Jesus was tired. He was tired, but he finished his mission because he didn't want to slip back. He wanted to move forward. I understand that. I, I'm, I understand that. But it's a process of every single day of living like Jesus. Guys, we're born into sin. We're born into sin, which, which means that we're sinners. Which means that, that in order for us to be like Jesus, we got to change something about us. If I'm born into sin, which makes me a sinner, I'm not going to be holy by living however I want to live. Now, I'll be happy, but I'm not going to be holy. But God says, I never called you to be happy. I called you to be holy. So in other words, as Christians today, we got to make a decision on how we're going to live. Are we going to live a life that God's called us to live? Or are we just going to pursue happiness? That's your choice, not mine. But God says, be holy because I am holy. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I was born into sin. There's times in my life where, I, where flesh comes over and I desire the things of the flesh. But you know what happens? I, I choose not to go backwards. Why? Because it's not helping me any. It's not drawing me any closer to God. The devil knows that we're flesh, and so his ways are attacking us is through the flesh and, and highlighting the flesh. His job is to get you to question what God says. 
His job is get you to look like everybody else. His job is get you to act like everybody else. His job is get you to, to be like everybody else. His job is to get you to look at your situation and go, I just want to be happy. That's what he says to you. Pastor Chad, why don't you just pursue happiness? Because that's what God wants for you. God wants holiness from me, not happiness. Everybody else is doing it. Look at them. They're, they look so happy. You know what I hate about social media? <laughs> is that we will build our life around what other people, we, we, we see what they have and we're like, man, I wish I could be happy like that. I want to be like that. And sometimes when, we don't, get a, when we, get, we don't get the likes that we feel like we should get, we get upset. I mean, listen to me. The, our teenagers are on social media today, and when they don't get the likes that they think they should get, they get depressed. Because not everybody liked their photo. Not everybody liked their outfit. But you know what? Moms and dads, we're just like that. We're just like that. God says, be holy. Don't, be, try, don't try to be like everybody else. Don't try to be that person in the picture. Just be you. Be different. Because that's what God says to us every single day. Don't slip back into your old ways. Galatians chapter 5, verses 24 says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. God has called us as Jesus followers to be different. If we want to be who we've always been, then you do what you've always done. If you want to be who you've always been, do what you've always done. And you will still be that person. But God says, let's go to holiness. Let's forget about happiness for a moment. Let's go to holiness. Stand to your feet this morning. I want to close out. If you want, change, if you want to change who you are, then you've got to change what you do. Be different, be set apart, don't just fit in, but stand out as God's word is calling each and every one of us to do. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment this morning. Every single one of us in this room today, God's calling us to be different. He's calling you to stand out. Not to blend in, not to look like everybody else. If you'll pursue holiness, then God will give you holiness. Because if you pursue to be like Him, He is holy, which makes you holy. So I don't know for who this message is for this morning. It may be just for me, I don't know. But there's somebody in this room today, I feel in my spirit, that you've slipped back into your old lifestyle. That you've slipped back to the old person that you used to be. That there was a moment where, you, man, your relationship with Jesus was, is right where it needs to be. You were pursuing Him and you were living for Him and you were doing the things that God's called you to do. But somewhere along the way, you settled for happiness. And you've slipped back into that old lifestyle. In other words, in trying to pursue what God has for you, you pursue your own selfish desires. And you're living in your flesh instead of being led by your spirit. 
I don't know who that's for this morning, but I really feel in my spirit that God's speaking directly to you. Then if that's you, you know what? God can change your heart. God can change your life. God can do incredible things in you if you will allow him to. It just takes for you stopping and going, you know what? I need to make a difference. I need to make a change in my life. I don't want to move backwards. I don't want to live by my own selfish desires. I don't want to live for what God has for me. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to ask you to lift your hands. God knows who you are. The grace that God has given you today is for this moment. The moment that Jesus bowed his head on the cross and gave up his spirit was for this moment. So that whoever he's speaking to this moment would, give, would, would turn your life around and start living the life that he's called you to live. Don't listen to what the enemy's telling you. But listen to what God's telling you. God, today, I pray for whoever that person is for. Church, I want you to start praying with me. God, whoever this person is for this morning, this morning, God, I pray that you would directly just, right now, Father, you would reach out and touch their life. God, I know that somebody's in this building. God, I sense it in my spirit that somebody is here today, Father, that, that needs to turn their life back around. That, God, they've been living like the world. They've been living however they want to live. And, and God says right now you need to stop doing that and you need to turn your focus back towards me. Right now, God, deal with their hearts and their lives. That grace, that is greater than all of your sin, all of your mess-ups, all of the things that you dealt with in your life, that grace is greater than all of that stuff. All you just needed to, to do this morning is just simply receive it. Just receive it this morning. Say, God, I receive it. Say, God, I, right now I'm a sinner. I, I confess my sins before you, Lord. I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to change who I am. God, make me to be the person that you've called me to be, God. Lead me and guide me, God, in everything that I do. Grace, grace, God's grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for showing up today. God, thank you for visiting with us today. Because God, you, we have felt you throughout the whole service, God. You visited with us today. You showed up today, God. And when you do, things happen. God, I know that there's a heart that's been changed here today because of the visitation from your presence today, God. God, for your church leading and guiding us, God, to be the person that you've called us to be. Holiness, not happiness. To pursue the things that you have for us, God, every single day. God, I thank you for that today. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everyone said,
Amen. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.